Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. show this is episode 131 of beyond synth the best synthwave chat show there is today on the show is gregorio franco and we'll be talking to him later on in the show but before that we'll be keeping it 80s with marco merrick uh we'll be taking care of some business it's all very exciting stuff And I should also remind everybody about my GoldenEye Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. So just in case anyone was confused over the past few episodes, because I've been hinting at this thing, and I think I finally mentioned it on the show last week, uh, as everybody knows, I talk about the game GoldenEye quite a bit, and I've decided to put a moratorium on it. And someone jokingly referred to it as a Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy about GoldenEye, and that's essentially what it is. So... That's the way the show is now, man. I'm not going to talk about it again. I just wanted to make it very clear at the top of this one that uh, the new rule is I'm not allowed to mention the game GoldenEye unless specifically invited to talk about it. So you won't hear me mention it for no reason. Uh, I think there's an upcoming interview where I actually bleeped it out (laughs) and it made me laugh. Anyways, uh, let's listen to some music and then we will fucking do some stuff. So here's a song by Mickey Fleischer. Now here's a dude, I've liked a bunch of his songs, and he used to just have like a SoundCloud page, and I think he's uh, actually put out an album, which you can uh, pick up now. It's called Aberration. So let's listen to a track. This is Pre-Rendered Dream by Mickey Fleischer.
And that was Mickey Fleischer with the track Pre-Rendered Dream off the album Aberration. Go check that out. And I should also point out that after the interview with Gregorio Franco, we are going to play an exclusive track, exclusive Gregorio Franco track from an upcoming album. I think during the interview, we just sort of... I just sort of play it as if it's just one of the songs to play, but then uh, Gregorio reminded me that it is in fact an exclusive, and I was like, oh cool, I should make sure to mention that it's an exclusive, or else it doesn't sound as cool. Now, we're going to listen to a song that's really long. I don't normally do this, but it was the song that I liked the best from this album. So just so you know, there is a charity album that's going to be going up, I believe, on December 16th. And this album has a ton of artists on it, and it's for a good cause. It's for charity. It's called Synth Aid. Uh, you can buy the album starting December 16th from synthageddon.bandcamp.com. That's S Y N T H A G E D D O N dot bandcamp dot com. Some of the artists on here there's uh, Dimmy K, Ethereal Delusions, Evernoir, Facehugger, Full Eclipse, Grayskull, Hubrid, JJ Christie, Major Rager, Maximum Turbo Drive, Moon Dragon, Night Prowler, Ulysseo, Wolf Arm. I've never heard of Wolf Arm. Wolf Tron. Well, there's like two wolves on this one. Anyway, there's lots of artists. How many songs is this thing? I think it's got like 30 tracks. Is that correct? Wow, that's a that's a crazy thing. Anyways, man, so you can go check that out, as I said, at synthageddon.bandcamp.com. Synthaid. And it's for a good cause, so I should mention that all profits donated to Médecins Sans Frontières, that's Doctors Without Borders, MSF, the world's leading emergency medical humanitarian aid organization. That's www.msf.org.uk and twitter.com slash msf underscore uk. Médecins Sans Frontières. That's French. So yeah, so go check that out, and I hope uh, you enjoy it. It's a good album, and it's for a good cause. And we are going to listen to a track. Now, the dude who's put the album together, I believe his name is John, he said, hey, you should play this track. And I saw it. I'm like, well, it's a 10-minute song. Like, I'm not going to play a fucking 10-minute song. And then when I listened to the album, I was like, oh, this might be my favorite track on the album. So... So we're about to listen to a 10-minute song, all right? Because uh, that's what we do here, man. We do whatever we want on Beyond Synth. Uh, it's mayhem, controlled mayhem. So here's a track. It's by, uh, by a character called Venator. And this track is called From the Ends of the Heavens. Thank you. 
And that was Venator with the track From the Ends of the Heavens. And that's uh, it's an epic song, man. As I started listening to it, I'm like, oh, this is really good. And, and it's uh, it's a long one, but it's a good one. Know what I mean? All right, let's, uh, let's go keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. Marco And we are keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick for another week. Hello. Hey, Andy. Are you keeping it real and are you keeping it 80s or what? I wish. We are now. You know what? What? I should point out. Last week, mm-hmm. we talked about Scarface. So we actually did <laughs> talk about something from the 80s, which is... That is true. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Hmm. Mm, yeah, Scarface is a great movie. Yep. So now that we've said that word Scarface, then we've officially uh, ticked off the 80s box for this week. That's right. Now we can talk about the 90s again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like ticking off uh, 80s boxes. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, what's the weather like there, mate? <laughs> well, it's... Uh... <laughs> well, snowing over here right now. Uh, we got our first big uh, snowfall. It's going to be a nice white Christmas for you guys, it looks like. You just do the usual? What do you do, family shit? You just stay at home? What's the deal? Uh, Yep, we go to uh, our family, and uh, we usually go up there for a few weeks. And there's a tree... Although, as I said before, and this is true, like, we didn't really do too much Christmas stuff at the house, so my dad doesn't have a tree anymore, and so there's just some fern that, like... You know, I think my wife bought him, like, some cheap plastic tree just to, like, throw up, but he literally bought, like, the Charlie Brown tree, and when I say bought, I should have said retrieve, because we would just go to his friend's farm, and he would always get the craziest tree, and one year we cut down a tree that was, like... It was, I think, like... 12, no, it must have been more than that. It was like 15 feet tall and Jesus and Christ. not full. So it literally just had like a branch and then like a foot later there'd be another branch. Oh, and it was so huge that then he had to like tie ropes around the room to like <laughs> keep it up because it was just fucking ridiculous. Well, if it's 15 foot high, how do you even fit that in your fucking house, man? My the house I grew up in was an old Victorian house, and so it has high ceilings. High ceilings, yeah. So I, I mean, see. so the ceilings are probably like twelve feet ceilings, I think. So it, it still was too big for the room. Like we don't have fifteen foot high ceilings, but uh, well, things are quite different here. I mean, obviously, you know, being Christmas is in the summertime and all. I mean, we do have Christmas trees. I haven't had a Christmas tree since I moved out of home, like ninety eight, probably. Mm. Every everywhere I've lived, I just don't bother with one. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we have the small plastic ones, right? But I remember growing up and watching like eighties movies. I can't remember it's one particular one where. He's out trying to get a fucking Christmas tree, and like you guys get the real ones. I was like, man, what a pain in the ass! And it's like all cold, and it's and it's fucking snow everywhere. And he's like strapping nothing. I don't know if it was uh, Chevy Chase or someone. He's strapping the fucking uh, tree to his roof, and then he ends up having an accident. And I remember just thinking, like, man, it's just pure madness. I come from a small town, so you know, yeah, we would go back and like cut down a tree. But uh, when you're in the city, you know, they just have those fucking. Lots where, like, you know, mm. right now around the corner from me, there's just a, you know, like a, uh, uh, what's the opposite of permanent? Uh, temporary. A temporary, uh, you know, like in the parking lot, they just start mm-hmm. a little, like, tree sale thing, and they just have a bunch of Christmas trees for people. Oh, so, yeah, like, if you're in the city, you don't have to go to the forest and cut down a tree. They, they just 
They got them ready for us. Uh, Are they expensive? No. And it's always weird after Christmas when then like in January when like the everyone throws their tree out. And so like all the yeah. front lawns just have like these fucking dead trees. What a waste, man. Well, I mean, that's what they're there for. I'm trying not to click on Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made <laughs> I made a joke last week because after I edited our keeping it 80s and then I listened and you can just hear your finger clicking the mouse every two seconds. Oh, God. And so I, uh, I, I brought attention to it. See, that, that's the problem, man, with the internet. Once you get like sucked in, you, you, it becomes such uh, second nature that you don't even know you're doing it. Well, I'm an addict to Facebook for sure, and and and, and the other thing is usually when I talk to you, not this time, but usually when I talk to you, uh, it's at a time where I haven't been on Facebook for a while or something, and I'm usually I got something urgent I need to, I don't know, there's something always, anyway, whatever. I'm not making excuses. It's pretty bad. Uh, I just did it then. It's really bad practice, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting my songs ready, okay? I swear it's not Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I understand. Well, uh, speaking of which, do you want to play one? All right, I got some vocal tracks this week, Andy, that I really mm. like. Um, I had a bit of a look earlier today, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce this one, but it's spelt P-A-R-C, so Park, I presume, uh, and the track's called Hollywood. It's quite a good one. All right, well, let's check this out, man. This is Park with the track Hollywood.
And that was Hollywood by Park. Marco's first pick of the week. Yeah, so um, so you go spend some time with the family for a few weeks. So usually you have a break uh, over January, isn't it? That you have a bit of a break? Yes. So I think even now I'm probably... I have a bunch of interviews like set up, and so those will probably uh, roll over into uh, season six of Beyond Synth uh, in January, because I just recorded one today. Six seasons, huh? Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it just feels weird, because I say that, and then it sounds like I've been doing it for six years, but technically, the first season of Beyond Synth was like the three months, like at the very end, it was like the fall of 2013. Oh. So, so when did you actually started it in 2013, didn't you? That's when you started doing it. Yeah, and the reason why it's always sort of weird for me when I try and remember is because the first episode aired in September, but I recorded it in, like, April mm-hmm. with Robin. And then I edited it for months when I was trying to figure out, like, what the show is and, like, where I was going to post it and how I was going to do it. And... Um, so then, and I, I, my original plan was, oh, I'm going to have a back catalog of episodes so I can release them once a mm-hmm. week. And so I actually had like the first like four episodes, I think, edited when I started the show. Wow. That's disciplined. Yeah, but then it fell apart so quick after of that. Course. Of course <laughs> so like yes, yes. I did 15 episodes that first season and that was <laughs> 15 episodes in, you know, three months or something. Yes. And then 15 episodes for the next three years. Uh-huh. I just did 15 episodes a year. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's so even though it's season six, it will technically only be five years in the fall. Of, hey, whatever. Math is not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I um, you used to have another site that you uploaded it to, didn't you? You had like your own website or something. And then I remember you telling me that you, you switched to SoundCloud. I remember it was... I think something went wrong. Was They were pissing you off or something. And also yeah, it was stupid. No, they even, fucking... Yeah. Okay, like, it was a scam. It must have been. So my web server would keep going offline, and it would be because the website was being bombarded with spam. But I wasn't asking for the spam. Yeah. Like, it was coming, like, it was just this thing, just like, oh, like, your website, you know, it's getting attacked with, like, you know, I would have, like, thousands of junk emails in my inbox. Jesus Christ. And they were all just, like, those weird ones where they don't even make sense. Like, they're not proper sentences. It's just, like, Nike Air Jordans. And then it would just have, like, these random sentences that don't go together. And it <laughs> sounds like it, 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 they would read, like, someone just copy and pasted random sentences from novels. And then occasionally there would be a link to buy Air Jordans. <laughs> so. But I didn't ask for it. And they're like, oh, if you pay extra money, you, you get this spam protection. I'm like, yeah, but, like, I'm not spamming my own website. Like, this is not coming from me. Yeah. So why would you take my website offline? Like, it's like it's my fault. And it's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like if you were, if you had, like, a YouTube channel and you got bombarded with comments from assholes and then they take your video offline because of the comments, mm. you know, you'd be like, dude, like, I'm not making these comments. Like, take them down. Fuck you. You're not taking my shit down. Anyway, so they kept taking my shit down. So then I was like, well, fuck this. That's fucked. And you were saying you couldn't see how many plays you had either or anything. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, because I literally just... Yeah, I just had a flash player with the MP3s. And so Mm. the stats were not clear. So it was either I was going to go to SoundCloud or uh, Libsyn. Because I think a lot of the podcasts I listen to host on Libsyn. Mm And I think it's pretty much like the same price as like a, a yearly SoundCloud. I don't know why I eventually chose SoundCloud. For whatever reason, most people use 
um, is the preferred uh, platform SoundCloud for um, yeah synthwave music for sure. It definitely is. But I remember like in the early days of Beyond Synth, I was always very critical of SoundCloud. Like just because hmm. whenever artists would send me links. I just always preferred getting Bandcamp links because it's nice, it's clean, you've got their artwork in a square on the side and you have the whole album to listen to. And whenever I would go to SoundCloud, I would just find it to be really cluttered and annoying, but... um Maybe maybe I still feel that way. I don't, know. I don't know. You get used to it, I guess. I mean, it has got its faults. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's been so many scares that they're going to shut it down. It's like I just I don't even believe it anymore. Next last time there was one, I was like, it's not going to shut down. Don't give me that shit. And sure enough, it didn't because it's seen so many scares over yeah. the years. Although I will say that a website that I just signed on to did shut down. Oh, so I thought, you know what? Just in case YouTube becomes stupid at some point. Yes. And whatever, you know, if they get into that weird territory where they start, like, you know, not letting videos post if they don't like what the content is, you know, if we we end up in that Mm -hmm. future, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to check out the other options. Like, what are the other options? And, you know, there is, um, there's minds.com and vidme. Mm -hmm. So I started a vidme account, like... I don't know, three months ago, and I just posted a bunch of videos that are that were from YouTube, and I put them on Vidme as well. And I just got an email like last week from Vidme, just like, yeah, sorry guys, we're shutting the site down, and you know the accounts are closing and all this. And- oh, Vidme's actually shutting down. Yeah, yeah, Vidme's going oh. away. <clears throat> that's a shame. I see. I watch a bit of porn on that site. No, I mean, um, <laughs> no, 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 sorry, that's. A- <laughs> just well, kidding. it's gone just now. It's going away. So that ends that. So the second I got that email, I'm like, okay. And I just went to my website and removed all the references to VidMe. I'm like, I guess that's the end of that. And <laughs> they'll take care of deleting everything. And I saw last time they had a scare with SoundCloud. Like I was just saying, for like whatever, three months ago, whenever it was, I saw you uploaded, I think, most of your shows on YouTube, mm. which would have been a pain in the ass. I know you've probably got, you've got probably more hours than I do now, I reckon. Wait, what was your last episode? I wonder what the math of that actually is. Yeah, because my early shows weren't that long. They're only two hours long or something. So then they gradually got longer and longer. I think it's from episode twenty onwards. I think um, <laughs> they were all like ten hours sort of long. Over four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over four hours or so. It depends. Some weeks it'd be four, four, five hours. Some weeks it'd be eight hours. So who knows? Eighty-eight was the last one. Eighty-eight, mate. That was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it eighties. <laughs> That's it. We just literally just have to say different eighties numbers like it's Sesame Street and we'll be fine. <laughs> um Well let's uh let's add some lengths to this show and you play me another song. How about that? It's all about the length, not the width. Um <laughs> Oh jeez, that was a bad joke. Anyway, uh all right. So Penises. <laughs> girth. Yeah, <laughs> just in case you get girth. <laughs> Oh, you're so bad. Girth would be a wicked name for like a like a tough guy in something, you know? <laughs> Fucking Girth Jackson. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Um, oh, it'd be great for an eighties like a shitty fucking uh, parody or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so there is a new track from Med Sound featuring Oscar. Uh, always loved her vocals, um, and the track is "Far from You," the dub mix. So this is Med Sound? Yes, Med Sound featuring Oscar. All right. Well, let's listen to this, man. This is Med Sound featuring Oscar. And this is Far From You, dub mix. (laughs) 
And that was Far From You, the dub mix by MedSound featuring Oscar. <laughs> now she's got a good voice. I find it confusing because she goes by the name Oscar, but she's a lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you like to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to get her on my show eventually, but uh, apparently her English is really bad. So Yeah, well, that happens. I mean, 
Uh, I was going to have uh, Morgan Morgan Willis on the show, mm. uh, or Morgan Willie, as I call him, but he says his French yeah, is really Morgan bad. Morgan so. Willie. So I, I don't know. Uh, I might still try and do something with him. Maybe not a full show. Like maybe just get him on for like twenty minutes, and if I need to heavily edit it, if the if the you know the English isn't so great, but. Um, I really had to push him to get him on my farewell show. Mm-hmm. I I think there's two people that ever that I've had to um, put well do some writing like put a bit of effort into their interviews. Vincenzo Salvia and Morgan Willis was the other one where basically I, I sent him all the questions in advance. Mm-hmm. He sent me the answers, so I think he basically uh, wrote them in French or Italian, whatever, and then Google translated and then sent them to me, and then I corrected it again so that basically he was just reading it out. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Vincenzo got better. Like, when I first talked to Vincenzo, mm. uh, his interview required, like, a lot of editing, but now, like, I can talk to him on Skype and we we understand each other. Like, I still sometimes have to, like, repeat sentences. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like... Because when I first talked to him, we literally needed Google Translate the whole time. Like, every time I would say anything, yeah. I would Google Translate what I just said. But now I can actually say things. But then now he's got this weird, like, Russian accent. So, like, he, he's... It's, oh, it's things Diana, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, <laughs> he absorbs some of her voice. So he has, like, a weird, like, Italian-Russian hybrid accent now. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him in a while. But, uh, yeah, that was, I remember, like, because I like to go off the rails myself. You know, I don't want to be, like, strict. This is what we're going to... Yeah, sometimes you just ad-lib or you just go off on a tangent and um, you just can't... Couldn't do that with Vincenzo at all. Like, I, I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, how, how about that one? And he's like, uh, sorry, I know, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I have that problem, too, with people because I speak very quickly. Everybody tells me that, too. Yeah, I, I got to slow down and just be like, <laughs> so what is happening in Italy? <laughs> Fuck these crows. Can you hear them? That's a crow? God damn it. Let me shut my door. Hang on. Fucking crows. What? Shut up. (laughs) Fuck. It's not one thing, it's another, Andy. You know what I mean? That was a fucking crow? We have funny crows here. Yes, yes, yes. I know. They sound very different to the ones there. That sounds like a fucking cat. Yeah, it's like a... It's fucking true. I don't know. The crows are different here. Um, I mean, Jazzy spun out. She really did when she visited here because we were at Rottnest Island where the quokkas are and there's a lot of crows there. Mm. And like, you just be sitting around during the day or whatever and they just don't shut up. And it's it's really it's really weird. Do they look the same? They look the same. Somebody told me that their, uh, their eye, the iris in their eye is slightly different. Like, I think it's all black over there or it's white and black here something like that I don't know I don't know because I mean the crows over here make more of a squawk sound yeah no that's not right um what is a I don't know I've forgotten (laughs) what a crow sounds like I just keep picturing the scene in the crow when fucking fun boy is like it's a squawk and then uh, (laughs) Brandon Lee kills him with a bunch of needles fuck they just don't shut up can you still hear that Mm -hmm. (laughs) mhm Well, yeah, sorry, man. Just cut it out, all right? Cut, cut it out of the audio, please. <laughs> so, you've been playing any video games? You going to play anything over Christmas? What are you going to do for your time off, mate? You got a bit of time, huh? Um, well, it it won't really be time off because I I imagine I'll probably just be editing and uh, prepping oh, interviews and stuff. I mean, because Christmas, I know last year Christmas I recorded like 
eight interviews or something so i find it a useful time to record because people are actually like not working and so they can usually uh record so i'll probably just be recording interviews i imagine you're a machine andy machine i I really do respect your uh your motivation and your dedication and your discipline (laughs) (laughs) i do laugh all you want no it sounded true it it sounded scripted you you had too many adjectives Mm -hmm. in there so it sounded like (laughs) anyway it's thank Mm -hmm. you thanks marco i was making it up as i went along actually i was like fuck there's another word that i missed i was like oh yeah discipline yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no i do respect people with discipline for sure i don't have it i wish i dude if i had discipline if i actually worked a full like a proper full day like where I just woke up at seven, mm-hmm. edited until you know four thirty five p.m. I think I could compress all the stuff I needed to do down to like you know two three days a week. Instead, it takes me like all week because I just can't. Yes, I'm, I'm not afforded that time. Yes, I know. But uh, I did watch. A, I, I haven't really played too many games. Like I, I've I've been skipping through the Retro Pie, and I I thought it'd be fun to actually just play games I've never heard of. Because a lot of times when I boot up retro games, I always go to the games I already know. Yes. And so I just uh, was like, I was playing the Sega Genesis and I was just going, eh, fuck it. I just would move the cursor till I went on a random game and just press start sometimes without even reading what the title is. Oh, that's some bad ones. Yeah. That's some real bad ones. <laughs> and I watched uh, Mindhunter. Oh, Mindhunter. You did see it. What'd you think? Uh, well, you want to play me a song and then I'll tell you. Sure, sure. Phaserland has a new track out. Uh, just came out, hot off the press. Uh, it's beautiful as usual, and um, it's called Alone With You. All right, well, let's listen to that. Uh, here's a track. Uh, <laughs> here's a track Shut by... Up, you cats! Here's a track by... <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's a pretty good one. It's called... <laughs> That's all I heard. No, it's uh, this is Phaserland uh, with the track... Alone with you.
And that was Alone With You by Phaserland. Marco's third pick of the week. And uh, that's a good song. Phaserland delivers the goods. I'm just curious. Have you played the the new... It's, it's Mario Odyssey. Is that the new one that came out uh, last month or whatever? The, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Have you played that? Was that any good? Yeah, it's great. It's weird. Like, I kind of... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a weird uh, thing to talk about, a subject, I guess. I just... Uh, I, I wish I still got into those games. Like I, I found after Mario sixty four, that was probably that was really the end of me for for those sort of games. I just I don't know. I just as soon as the PlayStation two came out, I was really and it started with the PlayStation one. I had the Nintendo sixty four and the PlayStation one, and I loved the games on Nintendo sixty four. But I just found them to be very um, just kitty, you know. And and by that point, I was like eighteen, turning nineteen. I was really starting to get into the more adult games, and then PlayStation and PlayStation two. You know, games like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah. That's a very common jumping off point. Yeah. Is the N64 PlayStation era, and then it seems like that really was like the evolutionary divide, you know, like evolution. It's like mm. it's got those branching paths. And I feel like when it comes to gamers, like that was a that's a, a very common splitting point is the PlayStation 1, N64, and then people going the Sony route and like n- and not uh, sticking with Nintendo anymore. Yeah. And for me, I never bought a PlayStation, and so I just sort of continued on the Nintendo path because of the love of certain games that I'm not going to talk about. Um, not GoldenEye? Or? Yeah, because, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the moratorium. <laughs> yeah, GoldenEye didn't continue on to any of the other systems. No, though, but there surely. was that potential that Rare mm-hmm. was going to develop Perfect Dark for the GameCube. Right, because it was a it was a huge yeah. surprise when Nintendo said they were giving up their shares and Microsoft bought uh, Rare, yeah. and that was in the that, that was, was in the GameCube era, and you know they did that weird Star Fox game that was like an adventure game, and then uh, there was no Perfect Dark for GameCube, and because that's why I bought the GameCube, like I literally thought, oh, this is yeah. going to be the system where Perfect Dark Two lands, and then when they sold Rare, I was like wait what like what's happening like it was so confusing for me and then it didn't matter anymore because the xbox 360s like the perfect dark game on that like i didn't like um yeah so that was the end of perfect dark for me the gamecube was considered quite a flop wasn't it i mean it 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 was it sold less uh units than the nintendo 64 and and there really wasn't that much innovation in it really i mean the Wii. i think we followed that and then that was obviously quite you know, very popular that one was. Even though I didn't like the Wii, you know, like I mean, the graphics were shit, and and those fucking controllers, the nunchuck things. Yeah, oh. the, the the GameCube was that was the the weird turning point for Nintendo when they were in third place. Although I don't think the GameCube was a bad system. It was actually like it was better no. uh, than the PlayStation too. Like as far as graphics were mm. concerned, like GameCube could actually deliver uh, better graphics. I think the Xbox still edged it out. But Nintendo could do certain things that Xbox couldn't. That's when hmm. the systems had very weird differences. It was like Nintendo could produce like brighter colors than the Xbox could, but the Xbox could like <laughs> the games would look smoother. Like it was like weird things. Yeah. And but they were both more powerful than the PlayStation Two. But the storage capacity of the GameCube discs was only like like a, a one and a half gigabytes or something. That's so. right. It was a smaller disc, wasn't it, or yeah. something? So they, they actually couldn't play DVDs or anything no. either because no. of the yeah. 
So that's so right. PlayStation had the edge there, like that it was also a DVD player, and that's everyone I know had a PlayStation Two because of it. Like that was huge. Like the fact that it was mm. a DVD player, like that was everyone I knew for a while. Like that was their DVD player was a PlayStation Two. Yes, yes, that's what they, I was reading up on it yesterday. They, I mean, I think they sold like 130 million units PlayStation Two. Is it astronomical? I mean, it's crazy numbers at the time, especially for a console. And that's what they're saying. A big selling point was the DVD player. Because, yeah, yeah. Um, especially when the price came down, people were just well, I got, I need a DVD player anyway. Plus, it plays games. You can't go fucking wrong, you know. Yeah. So, so you're right. I mean, like in terms of your going away from Nintendo, the reason why I still like Nintendo games is they're always very like just well made mm. and they play very smoothly so I love platforming games like I like Mario I liked Banjo-Kazooie like on the N64 Conquer things like that like I like I like platformers Nintendo just has a way of making games like almost distilling things down to the essence so like the new Zelda game for example mm. even though it has uh, role playing elements you know like a like Skyrim and stuff it sort of simplifies them to the point where it's all about the game so when you play Zelda, you're not bogged down in like sub menus and customization options, yeah, but you have yeah. enough that you still feel like, okay, like I can change my outfit and I can make potions and stuff, but they still make it feel like a game. And so for me, I just think the new Mario game is just, it just plays so smoothly. Like it, it just feels so good to play. And that's why I like Nintendo is like their games feel good to play. I can only think of one game in recent memory, and it wasn't a Nintendo game. It was like, I think it was Metroid, but it was the the Metroid game that was made by the Ninja, the Team Ninja mm-hmm. or whatever, that had a weird glitch that required a patch. But for the most part, Nintendo really puts its games through the testing process, and they don't usually launch with bugs, like yeah. the, the kind of bugs that other companies launch with, like game-breaking you know, you d- you don't boot up a Mario game and then the game freezes like when you're like five minutes in and then the game's broken. Like that doesn't happen really yeah. with Nintendo games. Uh, obviously, yes, someone's <laughs> gonna go in the comments and be like, "Oh, I f- when I played Zelda, it froze." But like, <laughs> you know, when you play Skyrim, you're guaranteed that your game is gonna freeze on you probably like fucking fifty times like over the course of your playthrough of the game. Like, there's lots of other companies that produce games where fucking glitches are an inevitability. But Nintendo, you know, for the most part makes games that they just, they play well, they're smooth, and they're usually play tested to the point where, like, the experience is is just nice and they load quickly. Well, I guess I do miss that and I guess I miss that. And, I mean, I didn't have a Nintendo, but my friends did. I played a lot of Nintendo games at, at the time. Then we owned a Super Nintendo, then we had a Nintendo 64 and then, like I said, I missed the GameCube for whatever. I mean, I think I just I moved out of home, so I didn't have that much money. I could only focus on one system, and I chose a PlayStation 2. Then uh, later on, I had more money, and, uh, and I did get a PlayStation 3. But I tried to get back into the Nintendo because I did miss it. I was like, you know what? I missed. I just kind of missed Mario and Zelda, and mm. especially Mario Kart. And Mario Kart, when that came out, that was I literally. I, that's why I bought the Wii. I thought, oh fuck it, I'll buy it, you know. And 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 it really disappointed me. Like the graphics were shit. I hated the controllers and that because just accessories are so expensive. So I yeah. bought four nunchuck things for it, right? So I could play four players with my friends. That's what I really missed from Nintendo 64 days. So I bought the four fucking nunchuck things. Then we realized if we played more than two hours, moving the controller itself, you yeah. end up with sore arms and wrists. Yes. So then I had to buy controllers on top of that. 
And you can't... I mean, the controllers have to plug into the nunchucks or whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I ended up spending like 300 and something dollars on controllers. I mean, it was fucking absurd. Yeah, and ultimately, oh. I haven't really liked a Mario Kart game as much as, you know, the Super Nintendo and the N64. Like, after those two... The N64 is a pinnacle. That yeah, was incredible. I, I, think, I think the newest one was okay, the one you can get on the Switch. But... Yeah, I don't know. The problem is the the maps got a little too big. Yeah. I wasn't mad on the on the yeah. Wii one. It didn't have a proper battle mode, and it didn't deliver what I wanted. It didn't have the proper battle mode. It should have just had all on all instead of like you had to like there was all different modes. You collect coins, and then there was team battles and yeah, shit. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I just want the original, just the normal fucking battle. And for some reason, they got rid of it. I I, I did re- still really get into it, with my friends. Like I found the racing was very good, even though the graphics weren't like as good as the other systems i still found the gameplay was very good uh there was a lot of courses and they weren't too complicated Mm. but then i i have seen the new one um at this gaming center that i actually haven't been in a while but they've always got it playing there and i wanted to sit down and play it i haven't yet but it looks really impressive i mean the graphics are outstanding but it does look very complicated like the the tracks are very long and very yeah 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 i don't know well listen play me another song and then we'll uh we'll we'll continue this all right, all right. I was only going to be a short segment, but... Uh, you know how it is. Yes, I do know how it is. So there's a new song out that I really like from Alex. Uh, he has got a new album coming out, and it's due out on Christmas Day, the 25th of September... Uh, 25th of December, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and um, there is a couple of tracks available on it already. Uh, he did bring out a video, a music video, and I just watched it the other day. Can't for the life of me remember what it is, but it's, it looks really good. But uh, the track I want to play is a collab with him and uh, Laura Curry. I think, let me just double check that name. Laura Curry, yes. Called Broadway. And uh, really looking forward to the album. All right, well, this is Alex with the track Broadway featuring Laura Curry.
days, it's here, it flares up, burns hot, and it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. And that was Alex with the track Broadway featuring Laura Curry. And that's a cool track. Marco's fourth pick of the week. How about that? We're still going. So here's what happened to me, okay? So I had the Nintendo trajectory, mm-hmm. meaning I did N64, then I did GameCube, then I did Wii. And I bought Nintendo's line of shit about how, like, it's all about gameplay and it's not about graphics. And then mm-hmm. I was playing the Wii. I wasn't totally getting super into the games, but I was still, you know, I was mm. still playing them because I had a Wii. Right. Then my wife, well, we weren't married then, but, you know, uh, she surprised me one day, I forget what the occasion was, uh, with a PlayStation 3. And so, like, I opened the trunk of the car when we were, like, grocery shopping. There was, like, a PlayStation oh, in there. Awesome. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Then I played, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah. And Oblivion. Okay. So, th- so when and when I fucking discovered Oblivion and Elder Scrolls, <laughs> I was just like, "Well, this is the game I've wanted all my life." Like I've been playing these Nintendo yeah. systems for you know the past like the previous you know like seven or eight years, and I would always hear people you know like talk about Final Fantasy and shit. And I'm not huge into JRPGs, but I, mm-hmm. I just there was this impression that people were getting these sort of these bigger experiences than I was getting. And then when I discovered mm-hmm. Oblivion, it was like fucking. That was the end of the Wii, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, this is what I want. But I will say this. Yes, the controllers uh, made me sore. So when I play on the Switch, what I realized, and especially using the classic controller, is it feels so good to play a Nintendo system that plays like a fucking video game system again, like a proper one. Yeah, Yeah. Like, playing the new Mario and playing Zelda with a controller that you don't have to f- I mean you, you there are still some things where in Mario like you kind of shake your hands to like uh, do like his super move but it's not um, mm-hmm. obnoxious like you, you're not doing it yeah. every two seconds mm-hmm. for Zelda it actually is cool because the motion in the controller you can use to fine tune your aim when you're using your bow yeah. and it actually works really well like it's actually better than an analog stick like cool. you know you do like the main aiming with your analog stick and mm-hmm. then you sort of like tilt the controller slightly to just you know nudge your aim or where you want oh, it wow. to go that sounds actually quite intuitive yeah no it, it actually it works well so the thing is that's what I missed. And so for a while I was wondering, like, why am I kind of disenchanted with these Nintendo games that I, I keep saying I like a lot? And it was literally just because they weren't playing, like, fucking video games. And the second mm. I was playing a Nintendo game with a controller again, it was like, oh, no, this is this is just the way I like to play games. I like to play with a controller. Yes, yes, You know, too. the novelty of a motion controller is fine. Like, I do enjoy, you know, if you're having some beers and like, hey, let's play some Wii Golf, you know, for like, yeah, cyber. that's right. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you do it you do it like you play an arcade game. Like you do it for 30 minutes and then you're done, you know? And it's fun for that that's 30 minutes. Exactly. But, but you don't yeah. play Wii Sports for 10 hours, but it's fun for, you know, a distraction for like 10 minutes or whatever. And it's fun to play the gun games on on Wii, mm. like when you're pointing at the screen shooting at stuff. Like, you know, but again, you don't play those for very long. Even then you can't, yeah, exactly. Like I had Time Crisis on PlayStation 2. I had number two and number three, I had a gun, everything. It was so good. But, you, but how long can you play for? Your fucking arms get sore. You can, you play for an hour, two hours max and you're like, fuck me. I Like, I need to sit down. This is bullshit. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So, uh, so that's, yeah. that's basically it. So I denied what I really wanted for a while, like, I, I, I really wanted to believe the Nintendo philosophy was correct, you know, that it wasn't about graphics. But the thing was, the difference between HD and SD was so huge. 
it's not huge anymore. It's like, you know, when you play a video game on a 4K TV versus an HD TV, it's not the same thing as when they went standard def to high definition. Yes, so agreed. When I when I saw Modern Warfare for the first time, it really occurred to me that, oh shit, this Wii is fucking old. This I is know. old. Like, the graphics are so bad. I mean, and I'm trying to look for games. I had, All I had was the fucking... I mean, I'm trying to remember what games I had. I only had like two games or something. I had Mario Kart. I'm looking for games. I'm looking. God, what the fuck am I supposed to buy? It's all just kitty shit. And the graphics are terrible. There's no, like like you said, in-depth game. You know, there is no. none. Nothing like like Oblivion or, or any of that sort of shit. Uh, nothing like Modern Warfare, like you said. Nothing at all like that. Although I did enjoy... Uh I played Scarface on the Wii. Yes. Uh, which, which I liked. <laughs> that ridiculous, like, kind of Grand Theft Auto knockoff game. Oh, that was on the that was on the Wii, was it, as well? Yeah, because yeah. I actually wanted to get that on the Wii um, because I think the graphics were better. I had it on PlayStation 2 anyway. I did like it, but I think it was PlayStation 2. Uh, yeah, yes, it was. It yeah, was PlayStation yeah. 2. That was actually pretty good. It was hilarious. Come on. Yeah, and had that, like, that dude doing the impression of Tony Montana and stuff. Like, it's... Uh, yeah. It was so bad, it was funny. Yeah. But listen, dude, we should probably fucking wrap this up, because we're going... Uh, we should. We could keep talking. Yeah, I know. It was only going to be a short segment. So I guess we'll uh, we'll review Mindhunter next time. Yes. Yes, we didn't get to that. Yes, I would like... I'm very interested in your opinion on that one, for sure. I liked it. I, I mean, my, my very... It's slow. My it's very, slow. My very quick review is, it took mm. me a while to warm up to the lead guy. Yes. Um, at first, I was confused as to, like, is this guy bad? Like acting, like I couldn't tell. Like I, I found him awkward in a way that was like yeah. I couldn't tell what the direction was. But I did warm up to him over time, and I think also his girlfriend. Mm. I'm not mad on that actress. Same, same. Me either. Like it's just, it's just. Then they, they, I don't know. It does. Um, they spend a lot of time on their relationship. Yeah, definitely. The most compelling characters are like the killers like especially the dude with the mustache yeah like he, he but was- i i'm 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 obsessed with uh, serial killers and documentaries and all that so it's amazing like they, they're really quite accurate you know like the i can't remember the first guy look i'm terrible with names but the first guy that they went and saw the guy big guy with the glasses and yeah the yeah, yeah yeah he's the guy like, I'm talking a lot about. of the shit he said is exactly what he said in the interview you know like i watched the interview like interviews with it i'm like man it's like uh, it's really accurate you know yeah i don't so, i mean i don't know any about like the real stuff really but uh I'd say, like, that dude's performance was, like, it's very memorable, and especially, like, what happens in the final mm. episode or whatever was, like, a pretty intense he, sequence. He really did, did He really did do that to his mum, too, by the way. I'm not going to repeat it, but yeah. uh, that's <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, but it was good. I, like, I enjoyed it, and, um, yeah. well, we'll do a more in-depth, I suppose, a review, but that's my bite-sized review. And I, I don't like the title sequence. It annoys me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Fortunately, you can skip it. But yes, uh, yeah. It, it, I just find it really obnoxious. I think the way that the images flash and kind of zoom in very quickly, it just sort of it annoys me more than it's cool. Like it just it just bugs me to look at. I would have preferred it if it was just the the fingers like setting up the the cassette tape, mm-hmm. uh, and then just the sound effect of like all the little metal buttons and all the switches and stuff as he's like setting up the recorder. Like I I would have preferred just that as the title sequence. Mm-hmm. I just don't like all those weird flashes because like they just it's like someone's like flashing a flashlight in your eye or something. Like it's just really annoying. Yeah, well I don't like any long fucking title sequences for a show. They just that's a, such a thing of the past. Any show that's got a long title sequence pisses me right off. I mean you. 
Usually you can skip it anyway with YouTube, um, Netflix and shit, but it, it's frustrating. It's like you don't need a whole fucking minute, you know, just, uh, yeah, anyway. And the same fucking music every week, you know, either. Like, Well, you and I differ here, man, because I like, I like awesome title sequences. Really? Stranger Things I watch every time, yeah. I always watch the title sequence of Stranger yeah, that's Things. That's a really short one, isn't it? That one's not bad, actually. Yeah, no, it's sure. a minute. It's, it's a minute, I think. True Detective, I used to hate the title sequence on that. Oh, my God, it just dragged on and on. It was like and the shitty music. It was like, just fuck, get on with it. Yeah, this is, <laughs> I think that's what's happening with this segment is going on. Yes, <laughs> okay, come on, get rid of me, will you? Tell me to fuck off. <laughs> All right, buddy, but listen, we'll, we'll talk again next week. Will that be the Christmas show? What is today? Friday would be the 15th, so 22nd would be next Friday. I better figure out what I'm doing for that show. Christmas Day is Monday. The following yeah, Monday, I, I, so. I literally don't have a single fucking plan. I don't know what mm. I'm doing for Christmas show. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I don't have a, an idea. Why don't we do a Christmas with Marco and Andy? I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll, that's probably what it's going to end up being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, cool. All right, man. <laughs> well, listen, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Andy. See ya. And see everyone. You're not going to do your catchphrase? No, I did it at the start of the show. I don't want to do it too often. (laughs) And that was Marco Merrick for another week. Always fun to chat with him. Let's listen to a track. Uh, Here's a cool song. This is Derek Strike, and this is Starfighter.
And that was Starfighter by Derek Strike. That's a cool track. I dig that one. Nice energy to it. So how about this? Let's uh, go to the Patreon and then we will chat with Gregorio Franco. So guys, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. Patreon is a website where you can donate money and support the show. And I want to thank everybody who donates to Beyond Synth. It helps me keep putting the show out on a regular basis. And if you want to support Beyond Synth, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. I know some people were worried because Patreon wanted to roll out some new strategy, which would have ended up charging the supporters more money because they wanted them to incur some of the um, back-end business fees. I guess, essentially, because uh, obviously the website takes a percentage and there's certain other percentages that get taken away before the amount that actually reaches me. But then uh, a lot of people complained and so they're not going to do it. So everything is still exactly the same on Patreon and I want to thank you guys for supporting the show. So let's go to my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Kai, Joe and Lando, Roman, Cunning Corvid, Bobby B, Dougie Fresh, Florence Bullock, Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, New Gat Ninja, The Rosconian, Night Raptor, Stu M, Dana Jean Phoenix, Tristan Waits, Rawl Pud, Barons of Santa Carla, Starlight Fisher, Timothy Pierce, Corey Valentine, Marco Cranendonk, Martin Larby, Facehugger, Brad Neiman, Zychorax, Lee McConnell, Phil Clothier, Halla, Josh Murphy, Ross Pentland, Damon Rudies, Jared Glenn, Neon Knox, Tim Ross, Michelle Vasquez. Wait, is that Michelle? Is that new? I think this one's new. Okay, is it Michelle or is it is it a weird way of saying Michael? It's M-I-C-H-E-L Vasquez. To me, I read that as Michelle, but... I don't want to say the wrong thing because maybe it's like Michelle, Michelle Vasquez. Maybe it's like Mikel Vasquez. I don't know. So let me know how to pronounce your name properly and I will make sure that I do that. And also, and, and, uh, blah. and obviously, uh, thank you for your support of the show. You're a cool, well, are you a cool guy or are you a cool lady? I don't know. I've not read that name that way before out loud. So let me know, okay? It's very important to me that I say my Patreon names correctly. And now it's time for the donation of the beast. These are the people who donate 666. Ha! This is the donation of the beast. All right, there's Renton Brad. Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, Carm, Straylight, Till Wild, Ken Giroux, Moose Nux, and Orlando Rodriguez Neef, who is upgraded to the donation of the beast. And of course, Max Hutchings, keeping the evil at bay. 
And then my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Colin Bennett, Winfield, Will Lowe, Joshua Evison, fucking Slunks, Greg Smith, Ashley Keegan, Mike Shima, Playmaker Media, Murat Ogute, Elias Garnier, Polly Digital, Trevor Resnick, and new $10 donor, Power Loader. Thanks, Power Loader, for your support of Beyond Synth. Power Loader is a cool guy. Thanks, dude. Uh, I really appreciate your support. And then there's Fraser Davidson. And now with the lovely 1111, it's Chris Lyle-Lane. And the 1987, it's Frank Skenicki. The 2288, Jacob Wick. And my $25 pals, there's Chris Dance, Gregorio Franco, and Clint Dowling. And that was the Patreon. I want to thank you all for donating to Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. Now let's uh, listen to a track, and then we'll go talk to Gregorio Franco. So, here is a song. This is another one from the Synth Aid album, which you can pick up December 16th at synthageddon.bandcamp.com. This is Vira, V-Y-R-A, with the track Electric Night.
And that was Electric Night by Vira. That's a cool track. And we're going to go... Or is it Vera? I think it's Vira. Anyways, we're going to go talk to Gregorio. But before we do, I have an important message for a Beyond Synth listener. This is sort of a... I guess it's not really a dedication because I'm not going to play a song. But uh, listen, I'm talking to you, Joey Richards. Yeah, that's right. How you doing, buddy? You having a good day? Do you want me to leave pauses after the things I say so it's like you're actually having a conversation with me? Hey, Joey, how's it going, man? Richards, huh? All right. So how's your day today, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me, man. That dude is a piece of shit. I can't believe you work with him. Oh, all your co-workers are assholes. Yeah, I mean... Listen, I've seen your office, uh, assuming you work in one. Uh, listen, this is stupid. <laughs> hey, Joey, uh, your girlfriend, your lovely girlfriend, Kendra, uh, messaged me and said, Hey, do you want to give a shout out to my boyfriend? Uh, and I said, Fuck no. All right. Anyways, listen, this is. <laughs> no, you got a nice lady there. She says, uh, You know, uh, my boyfriend likes your show. And uh, I said, Oh, that's cool. Well, I'll give him the best shout-out of his life. Joey Richards, you're a cool guy. Now give me all of that sweet cash. Is that an appropriate thing to say during a shout-out to solicit money from people? (laughs) I don't actually know how to make a show. I think that's blatantly clear to everybody at this point that this is just a mess of a thing. But listen, I hope you have a lovely day, Joey Richards. Get back to work. You got deadlines, damn it. Do you even work in an office? It's going to turn out that you're like a lumberjack or something that doesn't have deadlines. Well, I mean, lumberjacks must have deadlines, right? I mean, assuming there's some guy with like a tuxedo that comes out there and like, Hey, we were supposed to cut down 16 trees and you only cut down 13 trees. You're fired, Joey Richards. You're fired. What is this? What am I doing? (laughs) I think I should be fired. Anyways. Merry Christmas, dude. (laughs) All right. And now let's go and chat with Gregorio Franco. All right. And I am here with Gregorio Franco. How's it going? Oh, man, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Just uh, just getting up today, actually. Yeah, yeah. This is an early... uh, Are you... Normally an afternoon guy for waking up? Uh, yeah, usually, because I work nights. So this is my morning. What do you do at nighttime? I'm a bartender. Well, that's fun. Yeah, not bad. It can be pretty awful, but sometimes it's okay. Just a job, you know? So do you uh, do you have all, like, the fancy drinks memorized, or are you just at one of them bar where you just, like, whip beer bottles at people? A little bit of both. Nice. Sometimes we get the odd martini or, you know, fancy-schmancy stuff, but mostly it's just cracking open bottles. Yeah, fair enough. What is in a martini? Well, it depends. Vodka or gin and whether or not they want it just a little bit drier or whether they want it a little bit dirty. So they want more olive juice or there's there's all sorts of stuff. So a dirty martini has more olive juice in it? Usually a dirty martini has some olive juice depending on how dirty they want it. And usually they'll add a couple extra olives into it. Does anyone ever ask for it uh, shaken and not stirred? Does that ever happen? No, because I shake all of them. Okay. <laughs> It's not a choice. Not really. I've never really drank a martini, so I don't think I know what the difference is. Uh, 
you're not really missing out. I mean, like the difference between it being shaken or stirred. Oh, I think it's just, uh, you know what? I don't even know because I never even tried it. I don't like martinis. Yeah, so makes sense. Anyway, well, that's cool. So what, what do you mean, though? Why is it bad? You said it's, it's not always good. Why did you just have like a shitty clientele or do you just not want to be there? You want to be at home making music? Uh, actually, yeah, that's a big part of it. No, it, it always depends on who's in there, man, because sometimes it's an awesome night with a bunch of real cool regulars and sometimes it's a random ass Saturday night with a bunch of random drunk people who I don't know and they're acting like assholes and I'm just, let's just say it's a good thing we have a bouncer. So is it like a small place? Eh, kind of. Small enough for kind of a small staff to run the place. What is the cutoff time where you live? Well, it depends. Most of the place around is 3 a.m. is the cutoff time. We'll last call at 2.30. But there are some other places who, that stay open until 4. Ooh. Are they breaking the rules or is there some like... No, it's like a county by county kind of law or... Sometimes the places are grandfathered in. It just depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, where are you again? You're in Atlanta? That's right. Yeah, Atlanta. The beautiful the South. Well, my uh, buddy said you put on a good show. I had a friend who was visiting Atlanta with his girlfriend, and he just happened to be there the week of um, the uh, the Synthfest thing. So he went and uh, he was there to see a few names. So he mentioned you and Facehugger. And what was the other one? I forget. Anyway, but he said it was a good time. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm glad. Hopefully he caught uh, Vampire Stepdad set as well. And uh, Shredder. Yes, he did say he enjoyed Vampire Stepdad. My, my buddy's more into, like, the harder stuff, but he, he still said he enjoyed uh, uh, Vampire Stepdad. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool stuff, man. But let's dive in here. We're going to talk about who Gregorio Franco is, and uh, and that's what's going to be cool. And you've you've made music for a few years now. I only discovered you recently, but I know you've uh, been doing stuff, uh, well, at least on Bandcamp anyway, since 2013. Is that when you started, or was there stuff before then? I pretty much started right around there. I, I've been in bands for two-thirds of my life, but I started doing the synth stuff about four or five years ago. Closer to five before I actually started putting stuff online you know right so it's interesting because i was going through the gregorio franco catalog and even though a lot of your stuff you know you've got like this hard uh, you know this hard sound the first couple tracks that i'm gonna play are actually some of the softer ones your first ep i think it was uh, driving at midnight mm-hmm. and then the follow-up one you had was this thing called stalker scenes from a slasher film and the track i want to play from this one was a track called The Love Theme, which uh, I think is a really great song. It's just weird because I think the next one I picked from the next album is also the the soft one too, but I thought these were really great tracks. Yeah, but this song, uh, I really like this one and uh, it's nice, so let's listen to it. This is The Love Theme from Stucker Scenes from a Slasher Film by Gregorio Franco. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was Gregorio Franco with the love theme from Stalker, scenes from a slasher film. And uh, that's one of your your early albums. And uh, I just really dug that sound. Um, I know that's not your typical sound, but uh, that was the track that sort of jumped out to me when I was uh, going through and listening to it. But uh, we'll get to the harder stuff as we move on because um, that's kind of what you do. Pretty much, yeah. I love the soft stuff, though. It's a good... There's a good dichotomy there. I can't have one whole record without doing at least a couple like little interludes or something softer because I do like that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, because, you know, before we played or, you know, as we were playing the song, because you were talking to me about, you know, the fact that you did do a rework of this album Mm -hmm. uh, later on. And I picked this version of Love Theme just because this one to me was a bit more cinematic. Because I think in the in the the version you did in the remake, because you definitely beefed up a bunch of tracks from this album in the uh, the updated one, the final cut. But I think also because with this version of love theme, with the with the updated one, it sort of extended and you kind of like added a beat and some other stuff to it, so it's more like a song. But this one, I pictured an actual like movie scene going along with it, which is why I liked it. So that's awesome. That's that's the whole reason why I made that record. It's supposed to be a soundtrack to a film that doesn't exist. Mm. The whole thing. Uh, I wrote out a treatment for it and everything. It's got a whole story, characters. I set the kill locations, all that. All that <laughs> That's what I was actually going to ask you about because you have like the track titles and what I was always kind of confused about was scene one is called the first kill, but scene four is called murder one. Well, that particular scene has more to do with the actual crime indicator like that's kind of a shorthand version of first degree murder so you're saying so scene one we see like like scene one is when the killing happens but then murder one is like when the cops get involved pretty much yeah well then that's my problem solved (laughs) when did you you said you were in bands like what were you doing in those bands all sorts of stuff i uh you know i played bass and guitar and did backup vocals for all sorts of band and i'm still doing that now I'm involved with uh, one or two projects locally. Do you play guitar? Do you drum? Do you? Uh, right now, I'm playing guitar and doing backup vocals. Okay, cool. You don't do any vocals in your own tracks, though. Do you like to scream? Yeah, most of the stuff that we're doing is it's like screaming type stuff, more like death metal, lower kind of growly type shit. Sure, sure, sure. Do any of the the bands that you're playing with right now? Do they have any gimmicks, or are you just dudes? Or uh, we're just dudes. Yeah, metal dudes. Yeah. <laughs> What came first then? I mean, because you're, you're in some bands now. Have they are the ones that you're with? Have they predated you doing the electronic music? Not necessarily. Well, the one that I've been doing now, they sort of came about around the same time. Although I started doing soundtrack stuff a little bit earlier. Do any of these uh, bands? Can you do some of your like electronic stuff in them, or are they mostly like kind of like live type bands? It's mostly live. I tend to keep. Uh, these projects separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a, our one thing going on, and I'll go. I'll do my own thing, and we'll we'll share posts and we'll share you know music and stuff like that. But mm. each project is essentially its own. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna move a little uh, forward here, forward in time. <laughs> After Stalker, and then you did one uh, an album called Future Past, which was a tribute collection. So that had a bunch of covers in it. Oh yeah, and that was like there's a Terminator and a RoboCop and some other stuff. I think that one might have one of the most plays on SoundCloud of any track I've ever done. Is that RoboCop track? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds good. Like, it's a cool sounding track. I was just very surprised by that. It just came out of nowhere one day. I looked at it and I was like, 5,000 plays. That's awesome. 
No, and it sounds good. And there's also a heat reference. You got uh, coffee with Macaulay. Oh yeah, that's the um, a bit of tribute to the scene where they're both driving on the highway, going to going to that little diner right at the end of the first act where they meet. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh man, I love that song and that scene. It's so good. Yeah, Heat is uh, is awesome. That's all I got to say about Heat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I don't know. I can't add anything more yeah, except yeah. for I just love that film. And I don't know why I don't watch it at least once a month because it's a fantastic film. Yeah, Heat was one of those movies that I watched a lot, mm. and I like watching it at least at least on like the yearly cycle. You know, I've got like. Scarface and Heat and you know there's lots of movies like I I like to watch at least once a year. Oh, yeah, I've got those too. Like mine's are uh, The Thing and Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, most yeah. of Carpenter's catalog actually, mm. but try to watch Big Trouble in Little China at least once a month. That's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Jack Burton, me. I uh, this that damn trailer. There's that one trailer <laughs> where, where, where there was or no there was a few, but they would always show that one clip. The Jack Burton. Me! And he's got like the lip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Well, let's listen to another track here. So we're going to go to uh, the next album, which was called Syndicate, The Heist, which was a cool one. That's my love letter to Heat, actually. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, uh, you know, we promise we will be getting to the harder stuff, but my favorite track from this one was the soft one again. The track (laughs) Secrets Between Friends. That's a good one. Was like, I I really like it, man. So we're going to listen to that, and then then we can kick it into fucking into high gear. I don't care, man. Cool music is cool music, all right? That's my... I don't know why I need to justify this. Uh, Yeah, I'm down, man. All right. (laughs) I'm just happy to be a part of your show. That's all, man. (laughs) So here's here's a cool track. This is Secrets Between Friends by Gregorio Franco.
And that was Gregorio Franco with the track Secrets Between Friends. And I'm here with Gregorio Franco right now. Yes. Yeah, man. So is that your real name? Nope. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't play the guessing game with me like you did with Vampire Stepdad. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I mean, I probably should, because that turned out really well. That was great. That was great. That was one of my favorite <laughs> episodes, man. It is a really funny episode, actually. Yeah. I remember, like, when we were recording it, I'm just like, uh-oh. And then, like, when I played it back, when I was listening to it and editing it, I'm like, this episode's really funny. <laughs> like, just... Yeah, it was It was awesome. <laughs> that guy That guy is hilarious. I, I love playing shows with him, man. It's so much fun. Well, he makes cool music. Definitely. And also, you were, uh, you were one of the guests when I did... Uh, the first live stream youtube live stream ah yes my giant head on youtube (laughs) i think there might have been people with bigger heads on there oh maybe yeah there's some big heads floating around (laughs) i looked back at it and i just i was like oh my god i'm enormous (laughs) it's all about camera placement man it was far man i was far away from me i was trying to lean back and all sorts of shit So why did you start making the music in the first place, man? Like, what was uh, what was going on in your brain? Well, there's a couple different things. I, you know, I I loved film and soundtracks for so long. I started to kind of want to do that as a side project. Like when I did Stalker, you know, making something that was like music without film. You know, I I really wanted to start doing that, and I started really really getting into Blood Dragon. Remember that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right around the time that I started playing that. It was like 2012 or something. 2013 and i just i just love the soundtrack so much it went so well with what was going on in the game and i was like i want to do that i want to start creating this kind of music something that sounds like it should be from you know 1984 or 5 or whatever mm-hmm. update it with some with some nicer production and start putting it out and making stuff just making things you know i've, I've been doing that my whole life trying to make and create Ever since I was in the orchestra when I was a lot younger, I always wanted to create. This is kind of an extension of that, but I feel like now... Wait, what? Sorry, what was that about an orchestra? Oh, yeah. My first instruments I learned were in the orchestra. What do you mean? Orchestra? When I was in middle school and high school, I did a lot of orchestral stuff. Oh, cool. So, like, what were you playing? I played uh, the upright bass, the cello, keyboards, obviously, a little bit of viola, and some other stuff. Have you retained any of that cello knowledge? Yeah, I have. That's cool. I actually just bought one uh, a couple of months ago. It's in my studio. This might be a gauche question, but like, how much does a cello cost? I don't know, it's like a hundred bucks. What? Yeah. Am I thinking of the same instrument? I thought cellos would be like really expensive. I mean, for the good ones, yeah. Yeah, we're, <laughs> it's, not <a> fucking, <laughs> it's not a fucking Stradivarius. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I got like, okay, so basically if a Stradivarius is like a Rolls Royce... I got the Acura Integra nice. of <laughs> cellos, which is still okay. It's not a Honda. It's still okay. Does Stradivarius make cellos, or they just make violins? It was just violins, and it was only a finite amount. So there's no such thing as a Stradivarius now, right? Like, can people make one that's kind of like a Stradivarius? Uh, I mean, yeah, you could try. I'm going to try. Okay. That's my new calling in life. This show's done. I'm going to start trying to make high-end violins. The Stradivarius way. That would be a really good change. Not saying the show's bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, no, I understand. I get it. That's an amazing calling to have. Because 
trying to recreate those incredible instruments is something that so many people have tried to do and it's it's definitely a labor of love that's for sure yeah i wouldn't have the patience to do that i I can barely fucking glue pieces of cardboard together without getting bored i don't know how the hell i would like (laughs) and this piece of wood has to be like soaked in this oil for eight months before it can be slowly bent into shape or whatever like fuck this like uh, yeah, yeah. Give me a fucking uh, electric screwdriver and something and see if I can whip something together. Yeah, there you go. There's people that do that and make perfectly good instruments. So you have a cello. Yeah. Are you going to incorporate it into your music? I don't know. Maybe. I haven't really thought about it, honestly. I, I do another side project that's uh, more symphonic. What's that called? Do I know that? I probably haven't shared it with you, but it's called Drawn. I have a couple of EPs on Bandcamp, but it's basically, uh, I guess you'd term it dungeon synth because it's very neoclassical in its creation. It's kind of meant as an homage to dungeon crawling RPGs and things like that, like torchlit hallways, yeah, battle axe wielding knights, like that kind of thing. It's very symphonic and very epic. Kind of like, it's got another like soundtrack type thing, but it's more like the soundtrack for, say, Dark Souls or Bloodborne or, you know, like Gauntlet or something like that. It's got this very high fantasy RPG feel to it. Fucking send me that shit. Oh, yeah, totally, man. I didn't know that was a thing you were doing. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just search Drawn on Bandcamp, D-R-O-N-N. D-R-O-N-N. For anyone who's listening and wants to check it out. Drawn. Go check out Drawn on Bandcamp. Yeah, I just put out a new single called uh, Mace Lord. Sweet. It's pretty bitchin'. Cool, man. Well, I'll check that out. But, uh... In the meantime, let's listen to some fucking Gregorio Franco. Yes, let's. So, we're moving forward to the album four. It is four, right? Or is it IV? Yeah, no, it's four. Because it was supposed to be my fourth release. Yeah, I get it. Well, then, let's fucking listen to a cool track from this man. This is a track that I dug. It is called Hyperdrive. And this was a, a nice, fast-paced one. So let's fucking... Uh, Let's listen to that, man. This is Hyperdrive by Gregorio Franco.
And that was Hyperdrive with the track... Nope, that was Hyperdrive by Gregorio Franco. I was about to say that was Hyperdrive with the track Gregorio Franco. And I'm here with Gregorio. It's come full circle. I am a track in my own music. (laughs) So where does the name Gregorio Franco come from? It's partly an amalgamation of my actual name. Okay. Which is close. But not entirely. Greg Francis, problem solved. So, oh man, not really. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> see. Now, when I get started, then I do want to play the game. All right, I won't. I oh, promise I won't. Shit. No, I won't do okay. it. I won't do it. <laughs> A little bit's okay. Gregory Franconi. No, because see, because you had Gregorio Franco, and then when I saw you, I'm like, this guy doesn't look like a Gregorio to me. But then I don't know what a Gregorio would actually look like. Uh, yeah, see, that name is pretty rare. Well, like the the root name Gregory is pretty rare, so I don't really know anyone that looks like a Greg. Honestly, it's one of those names that like I have never met someone who actually looks like they should be called this. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I know people who look like they should be called Matt, and they're called fucking Matt. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but like, I just never really met anyone that looks like a Greg. Since it's my name, of course, it sounds weirder. But it's just, it's just is what it is. I guess it's just strange. Greg's. I don't know. Greg is is like a normal name to me. Greg. Yeah. It's like Matt. It's like it's the same kind of style. You know. It's like Greg. That's a that's a dude. <laughs> Dudes call it Greg, you know? See, that's the thing. I've had that conversation with people because I go by Andy. My my real name is Andronio. No, it's uh, Andrew. And I don't go by Andrew because I know a person who goes by Andrew. Specifically, they don't want to be Andy because Andy is goofy. You know, it's like, so they don't want to be called Andy because they see that as being goofy. And so they're more serious. And so they go by Andrew. Whereas, I guess maybe that's the reason why I'm comfortable with being called Andy, because I am sort of goofy. So it's like, it works. I don't know. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, the adding of the Y at the end of some names can kind of signify a little bit of a, not stupid, but like a silly kind of... <laughs> I know, well, I'm trying. I, I'm still waking up, man. I'm trying to... <laughs> no, it's true. It is sillier. Like, there is but, something you know silly I mean? about... Andy, like just someone will call me Greggy at at work or something, and I'll look at them like I'm gonna fuck you, you know? Yeah, seriously. And then they get cut off, and I kick them out. Well, good man, that's what they deserve for being pieces of shit. (laughs) I don't really do that. Well, dirty looks, yes, (laughs) but But I don't mind when people call me Andrew. I just don't go by it. I think like whenever I talk to Droid Bishop, he always calls me Andrew. (laughs) Like I always find it funny because it is like the more serious interpretation of the name and so like if people are mad and it's like Andrew and then like okay fine but not that I get uh, scolded that way anymore well I'm gonna call you Andronio Andronio Lastovsky I used to have uh, a bunch of really stupid aliases whenever I would have email so I kind of did the Gregorio Franco thing because like my my original email I was always Andreas Lastovsky Dr. Andreas Lastovsky and I remember it got me in trouble a few times, like in school, because I would send people like teachers' emails, and they wouldn't respond because my name was Doctor, like it said Doctor in the name, and they're just like they didn't realize like it was their student because <laughs> I never I never put my real information into the things. I'm like, why would I do that? Now I feel like you have to just because all your devices are like attached to stuff, and so you gotta. <laughs> Although I still do things off by a bit. So, like, even even if it's, like, an official account with a company, like, I'll always throw in a, a random letter or something so it's not quite the same. Right. Just, yeah, so it's, like, if it's, like, Andy Last, I'll just be, like, oh, it's Andy Lanced or something, you know? Like, I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that one, but I like that now that I've said it out loud. 
Blades. That's kind of changed everything over to the Franco brand, I guess you could say. Mm. For most of the things that I do, I use this name just because it's easier to keep everything kind of yeah, yeah. together. No, it makes sense. I've had to do that with the uh, with Beyond Synth as well. Although, I do still have my original Hotmail address. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I have my old Gmail, too. So I have literally the Hotmail address I created in high school I still have. But I don't use it anymore. Like, I think this year it was the first First year I finally phased it out with all my Gmail accounts and things, but uh, yeah, man, whenever I would give people that address, they just look at me like I was fucking ancient. Just like Hotmail? Who has Hotmail? Even Hotmail now, when you go to sign into it, it's not even Hotmail, it's Outlook. Like, they don't, they still accept the old Hotmail addresses, but the whole, like, interface is different. See, yeah, that's weird. I never, I don't know, I, I never see those addresses anymore. Yeah. I only see Gmail or whatever proprietary website, email, whoever has, you know? Or yahoo.co.uk. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's some fancy foreign address I don't know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where all the the cool people come from. Yeah, let's go there. Listen, let's listen to some more music, man. Cool. We're going to move ahead to the next album. Digging deeper or not as deep. Well, yeah, we're getting we're getting further. No. Yeah, if, if we're getting closer to the thing, are we getting to the surface? We started in the grave. Or the core. Yeah, where did the core... See, that's the thing. Would the core be where the music started or where we're heading? Mm, that's interesting. It's like an onion, maybe. Yeah. A synthy onion. The synth onion of Gregorio Franco. <laughs> well, we're probably around the middle of the onion here with the album Sadistic Intent. Oh, yeah. It's just where I start to cry. Yeah. I feel like this was kind of the album where you, I think, found some of the sound or Gregorio sound. Because, like, when I was listening to the um, the older ones, it actually surprised me at first because I know you by your newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's how I got introduced to you. So when I went back and listened to some of the older stuff, I'm like, oh, like, it was some pretty, like, like synth wavy tracks, you know, and uh, and soundtracky kind of things and the sounds used and stuff like this. And I feel like Sadistic Intent was the one where I think when I was listening to it and I heard the track like Dead Heat, and I was like, ah, there we go. <laughs> like this was this was this was, this was where he's just like he's he's found the the thing that he's gonna roll with. Yeah, um, that's my interpretation of things. That's definitely how it happened. And we're gonna listen to that track now because it's cool track, man. This is Dead Heat. By Gregorio Franco.
And that was Dead Heat by Gregorio Franco. And I'm here with Gregorio Franco right now, talking about cool music made by you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what mood I'm in today. I just feel like this whole time I've just been doing that stupid voice. Well, it sounds good to me. Yeah, I think since I'm coming off from having a cold, I can only do it when I have a cold. But uh, I have to find that right day where I can talk without coughing too much and do the Transformers commercial voice. That was always my favorite thing. Like, I loved that dude's voice, the guy who does the, we now return to the Transformers. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've probably said it on the show before, but like my favorite, one of my favorite just things is the narration he gives at the start of season three, which was the season of Transformers that took place after the movie, mm-hmm. and all the Decepticons are scattered over the universe on some random planet, and it starts, and the narration is like, it is the year 2005, and the Decepticons have retreated to the burned-out world of Char. And I I don't know what it is about that thing. I always laugh when I hear it. Just the burnt-out world of Char. It is the year 2005. The Great Wars are finally over, and the Autobots have won. But while the Autobots celebrate their victory with their new leader, Rodimus Prime, the surviving Decepticons, without a leader of their own and desperately low on Energon, have retreated to the burned-out planet of Char. And it's 2005. Like I said, I love that shit. Like just, it is the far future in 1997, you know, like. I love that part in, uh, it's the trailer for Blood Dragon. Yes, yeah, where yeah. Where it's like, from the ashes of Vietnam War Two, you know, like the apocalypse. Yeah, there was a period of time in like the 80s where 1997 was like the go-to date. Yeah, Escape from New York, that was uh, the present day. And then what year does... Predator 2, no, or did Predator 2 say the year? I feel like when Predator 2 starts, it says, it, or it might say like 19XX or something, like it doesn't say what the year is. Uh, now, I don't remember, a present day or yeah, like something I, like that. I, I feel like Predator 2 took place in a weird alternate future or something, because it almost existed in the same universe as like Robocop, like just this ridiculous... Uh, I'd like to see that movie. Yeah, that would be wicked. Yeah. I was thinking about this, and I think that's why I love Grand Theft Auto so much. Is When I was going back and playing Grand Theft Auto Five, and I was doing the story mode, and just the way that the world of that game is just so, like, hyper. Uh, everything's just the sarcasm and the satire and everything is just so, like, extreme that I feel like it's the same universe as RoboCop. When I play Grand Theft Auto, I'm like, yeah, this is like the universe that RoboCop would exist in. Like, I, I, it wouldn't feel wrong to me if RoboCop showed up in, like, a Grand Theft Auto game because it just has that same satire and sense of humor and stuff. Oh, yeah. This, this sounds like a mod for Vice City, honestly. I must exist. It's gotta exist. Because that would be... I, I would love that. The fucking RoboCop mod. Mod Vice City into Delta City, yeah. I know, because I feel, I feel like it's the same thing, right? It's, and the extreme violence of Grand Theft Auto, mm. and just the, the, the careless disregard for people's lives and stuff. Like, it just feels like it's the same place. And uh, that would be a cool... That'd be a cool. That makes mod. sense. Never thought about it like that. What have you been? Uh, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I actually just finished uh, the new Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. How's that? I enjoyed it. I uh, I know that a lot of people are kind of sour on the series right now, hmm. 
after all the last couple of entries into the oh, I don't even know what to call those <sighs> Man, that, that really soured me on it too I, I didn't play one since Black Flag I don't think but uh, I really enjoyed it it was a lot more open world you know Assassin's Creed is just a weird franchise, man, because I found the first one boring. I really enjoyed the second one. And then I think I played bits and pieces of the ones that followed, but I I never got into them. And it's weird because, like, I like, like, I like the animation, like, they're well-made games, but I just don't like the story of them at all. Mm. Like, I just don't like that animus nonsense. And it's weird because I'm not... I'm not against that as a story idea, you know, and I know it gets all, you know, conspiracy type people excited, you know, and all the the stupid, the clues and stuff, but I just felt like the most compelling thing about Assassin's Creed was just the actual, the game itself, like the running around killing people and having like the the dual blades in your wrists and stuff and Mm -hmm. doing cool things. And and I I liked all of that. And then whenever it would cut away from that to go back to like this idiot in a hoodie, like running around replacing batteries and shit, I was like... (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, I kind of hated that shit, too, man. Because well, it did, because it sucked. It was like, why am I doing this? Like, you're at one moment, you're like doing these fucking quadruple flips off of towers and like landing in hay. Old timey parkour. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it looks so great. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, now we got to run outside and fucking replace some fuses. And like, what? <laughs> what a dumb, yeah. like, it's just dumb. Like, either just do that stuff in a cutscene. Yeah. Like, I think that Assassin's Creed would be just as good if. It literally dropped the whole Animus idea entirely. Maybe. And it was literally just a historical game with no Animus. That would be okay. Although you do have to have a little bit of the continuation of the story in it as a whole to kind of make it all come together. I get why it's there. You know, it is it is a lot. And that's another reason, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but that's another reason why I really like the new game is because it's way less heavy on the present day stuff. Yeah. Well... What I was always hoping for was that the present day stuff would, like, you learn to be an assassin so that they could do an Assassin's Creed that took place in present day where you absorbed all the information and now have all the abilities of the assassins from all the years. And so you're doing all your crazy flips and parkour and stuff, but it takes place in, like, a modern location. Hmm. And I thought that's where the franchise was going. Like, I thought that was the point, was, like, you keep going into the Animus to learn, and then you would become this awesome assassin in, like, you know, Assassin's Creed Three, like, Future War or something. But <laughs> they just keep going back in time. And I, I don't know. I think that that franchise literally got popular because of the way that the main character looks. Hmm. I think that is literally the reason. Like, the image... Because I remember when the first Assassin's Creed came out, it was kind of dull. Yeah, it was a little dull. Like, but it looked it looked great, and it the animation was super smooth, and that was the coolest part. But I think literally just the image of just the guy with the hooded cloak with his hands out with the two blades, whoever came up with that idea, that's the reason why that franchise continued was because of that. And I mean, it's not that the games are bad. Like, they made good games. But I think that image was so strong that it, like, got people excited to play the dual wrist blade things. I definitely get that. It's very iconic, for sure. When I see, like, just random dudes in hoodies, like, that look like that walking around once in a while, I'm like, yep. (laughs) I get that. It happens whenever I put, like, when I wear my, I have a black hoodie, and whenever I wear it with my coat, because I wear, like, a long black coat, whenever I do that, and, and I'm looking in the mirror, like, getting getting ready, and I always do the Assassin's Creed pose, 
because it just looks cool. I'm just like, yeah, hey, yeah, it's awesome. But listen, let's listen to some more music. But we'll we'll, we'll keep talking about this. But we're gonna move forward. So we hinted at this album before, yeah, which was Stalker, the final cut, which was. I guess what like a harder remix album of the original Stalker album you put out is that it's it's like a complete rewrite actually. So like you, you just took like the certain melodies and certain themes because I I did notice that like like I said before like the reason why I liked Love Theme from the original Stalker because that was the more sort of cinematic version and in this version it was more of like a song like and it had like mm-hmm. a beat and it had like different elements in it so it, like you you did change it a lot yeah yeah. I did change a lot of stuff. I, I kept all the core melodies intact and kind of the structure of how it flowed, but the songs themselves have gotten a lot of changes done to them. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna listen to one right now because this one is cool. This was scene four, Alley Justice. <laughs>
was scene four, Alley Justice, by Gregorio Franco from the album Stalker, The Final Cut. And uh, so that was a cool one. Lots uh, cool stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) I've decided not to bother with a thesaurus. I was thinking maybe I should change the way I talk about music and use different words besides cool, but I'm deciding not to do that. I'm I'm fine with it. Hey, you do you, player. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say because we were talking before just about Assassin's Creed, and we're you know about yeah. the 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 iconic imagery of the actual character himself. And I was thinking, I mean, that's what I love about like Mortal Kombat, and especially like the early ones, mm-hmm. was that you know they built these characters that are just very iconic by their like silhouettes. Because I've loved Mortal Kombat since the first one. And there was a dip, there was a period of time where, like, the characters kind of didn't have the same sort of charm as some of the ones they created earlier. And I think it was literally just because the the other ones just had stronger, like, silhouettes. It's like when you see, like, a silhouette of Scorpion, like, you know it's Scorpion. And I think that goes a long way to, like, powering people's imaginations. And then, like, when they got to, like, Mortal Kombat 6 and they had all these dudes who's just, like, bald guy in jackets and stuff. And then you're just like... Oh, yeah. Like, when I think of Mortal Kombat, I think of, like, fucking Goro. Yeah. Like, that silhouette, that kind of thing. Like, you won't be able to, like, mistake him for Noob Saibot. Who is literally a silhouette. Exactly. <laughs> Segway. Nerds. Hey. <laughs> so, all in all, what's so what's your review, then, of Assassin's Creed? What does Gregorio Franco give it out of 10? 10 what? 10 Gregorio Francos. Uh, one's enough, man. <laughs> Um. <laughs> so are you saying one equals ten? I'm just saying one's enough of me. That's all. Yeah, but if one is enough, does that mean that on a scale mm, okay, of one if to one's 10, enough, then I'd give it a seventy-eight yeah. <laughs> percent. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still working my way on Mario. That's where I'm at. Oh man, I I go back and forth between wanting to get a Switch and not. I love. I want to play those games. You know, I want to play that and Zelda and. But that's about it. Like I don't. I don't really want to play anything else on the Switch. Yeah, they're both really good, though. But I would say, yeah, wait, like, wait a year when, you know, you can get, like, a good sort of, like, bundle deal, and by then maybe there'll be, like, another game out that'll be um, compelling. Because I think, I mean, Zelda and Mario are both very, very good games. Like, totally worth it. Yeah, I'm loving Mario. Just because it, it reminds me a lot of um, Mario 64, which is why I'm See, having a lot of fun with it. That's why I want to play it. They just went back to the roots of, like, big open levels, lots to do. There's so many fucking, you collect moons in this one, and there's, like, 900 or something, so, like, there's... Okay, a, those are moons? Yeah. I thought they were, like... Bananas? Bananas or yeah. something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm so far behind with all these things that Nintendo is doing these days. Just yeah, they're I, moons. <laughs> I would say, wait, like a good time to pick up a Switch will be when you when we find out what they're doing with the new Metroid. Because oh, I think if you can pick up a Switch and then get, you know, the Mario game, the Zelda game, and Metroid, I mean, that'll, that'll be totally worth it. Oh, yeah. I'm good for about six months at that point. I mean, they haven't even said what the new Metroid is going to be, but I think it is part of the Prime series, so hopefully it is another, like, kind of first-person one. Because I really liked that trilogy like that started on the gamecube i like that a lot actually actually i played through the first prime again i think like six months ago okay cool on my gamecube yeah i love that game man it's so much fun no it's a great game it's really good i'm gonna go back and and test it out because i got an emulator that does like wii gamecube and wii Mm. and um i bought a sensor bar that has bluetooth in it that lets you connect 
like real Wii remotes, which I still have in like a in a box. And so I've just been testing out uh, certain Wii games, and they did come out with a trilogy, a Metroid Prime trilogy, which I owned because I remember I had the the Steel Book, but I hardly played it when it came out. But it was it was interesting because they reworked the controls to be like Wii controls. Mm. But it was for like all the the trilogy of those Metroid Prime games, and I thought it worked well. I still got to figure out how to get the. You can get software to make the Wii remotes like you can use them in other like a mouse pointer, mm. so you can get it to work with some old arcade games like the the light gun games. Huh. That's what I'm gonna try and do. That might be my Christmas experiment. Yeah, I want to get Terminator 2 running using Wii remotes as the as the oh, guns, like the, awesome. the T2 arcade game. Because a lot of those games weren't actual light gun games. You know, like like Terminator 2, yeah. there was an aimer on the screen because all it was was the gun was just a joystick. The gun wasn't a light gun. It just was a joystick. And so you can get software to make the Wii remote emulate a joystick and then play it like a light gun game, I think. But it, I don't know. I'm not super computer savvy, so a lot of these things end up with me getting really mad. Oh yeah, same here, man. I, <laughs> I barely know enough about computers to survive, and <laughs> that's about uh, maybe a little more. I mean, everything I know is because of tutorials and things. Like, so I've always been oh, with yeah. the people I know. They always think of me that I'm like the computer guy to them. But like half the time, they they ask me a question, just like, "How do you do this?" And then I take the exact question they asked me and then put it into Google. Mm-hmm. And then find a nerd who's already solved that problem. But man, certain things when they don't make sense. Like I remember like the early days of wireless routers and stuff like for Internet. Oh, yeah, dude. Like nowadays, they're so great, like how they're pretty much just plug and play and your computer just recognizes them and it's done. Mm -hmm. But like in the old days, it wasn't like that. And you get this router and then you've got to like fucking configure it. And it was like the most annoying Experience, and I remember like that's some of the angriest I've ever gotten was trying to configure a fucking router. Oh my god, I forgot about all that. Ah, oh. that was such a pain in the ass, man, dude. And then you just be like, "What the fuck?" Like it doesn't make sense. And then you would just turn <laughs> off, you'd turn off the computer and turn it back on, and then it would have like connected and just like, "What? Like what just happened?" And then everything works, and then the next day it doesn't work, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like you just want to slam those stupid things against the wall. I do not miss those times. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I'm getting like kind of anxious talking about it, man. <laughs> oh man! I, when I was when that kind of shit was happening, though, I didn't really use a lot of the internet. I don't think. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really have internet a lot at my houses. Like I just kind of did my own thing. Yeah, we're probably better off, man. I feel like I just waste too yeah. much time on it, anyways. Oh, well, nowadays, definitely, I do. It's annoying. Well, part of it's not wasting time. Part of it's doing the. You know, doing the social media shit and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, I do get caught in holes mm-hmm. every once in a while. No, that happens to me all the time, man. Going down the Twitter hole or whatever the fuck. Oh, fucking Twitter. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I get so distracted. I'll be sitting there and I'm supposed to be editing. And then uh, I just I just got a bunch of music sent to me and I heard some cool songs. And then I will, I'll just get distracted and then just start listening to music. And then I'll get distracted and go on Amazon and be like, maybe I'll... I'll buy another retro pie or something. And then I'm looking at different fucking chipboards and stuff. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't even need this. Like, uh, I get I get stuck doing that. I buy lots of fucking dumb things from Amazon. Oh, I can't do that, man. I, I gotta stay away from Amazon. It's so good, though, because I hate shopping. I love Amazon. I don't care. Oh, I see I the damn you. stories. I That's why I have to stay away from that shit. 
every day there's always someone posting something. Oh, it sucks to work at an Amazon warehouse. I'm like, yeah, but it's so good to shop there. Are you friends with a lot of Amazon warehouse employees? No, it just seems like people like posting that story. <laughs> you know what? Everyone always has to shit on the thing. Like every time something's great, like Amazon, it's got to have the the underbelly of hey they treat their workers like fucking slaves and you're like fuck like yeah. of course because i hate shopping i don't like it at all and it's not like i'm being like some like superman like you know like men don't like to shop but i really don't and i thought i used to i thought i used to even just like going and browsing for stuff i liked and then i realized slowly that i don't even like doing that like if i go to the video game store like i'm in and out i know exactly what i want when i walk in i go right to the fucking shelf i grab the thing i pay for it and i leave like i don't even like browsing anymore it's like i fucking hate shopping i get like that sometimes sometimes i'm definitely like in and out you know i know exactly what i want i get that and i'm gone Mm. but other times it's a little different like if you know, I do that when I'm on PlayStation and I'm like looking at the PlayStation store and stuff. I look at like the deals, what's going on. But it's the same fucking deals. Like when I'm on, when I'm on PlayStation store, it's like every time just like, hey, the original Grand Theft Auto, Auto trilogy is up for twenty ninety nine. I'm like, yeah, that's the same fucking sale that you've had for like four years. Like it's always it, there's certain items that I won't buy unless they're a particular price because I know that's the price that Sony wants to sell them at. Mm, yeah. You know, because I'll go on the deal store and just be like, hey, you know, Unravel is on sale for four ninety nine. I'm like, yeah, because that's the price <laughs> you want to sell it for. And then next yeah. month it'll be back to like 20 bucks, but then it goes on sale the next month down to four ninety nine again. I'm like, all right, so this game is four ninety nine, <laughs> basically? Like, is that... Yeah, What's I guess happening? for them, a sale is just what they choose to sell it at. Yes. And not an actual sale. Yeah, because half the time, whenever they have those new deals, they're the same deals I've seen, like, month after month. Yeah. And I love just now that video games have their, you know, their definitive editions and all the DLC that, like... Oh, God. I'll see a, a quote-unquote deal that's like, hey, get the new Call of Duty, you know, deluxe pack for 20% off, and it's still, like, 100 bucks. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. what is the deal here? But you could get the deluxe pack or the gold pack or the platinum pack. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Or the definitive platinum gold pack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, when does it fucking end, man? That's when I stop, because... I get on there because, like, every month or so to look at, like, the deals for that month for PS Plus, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'll go on the Xbox Gold or whatever. Other than that, like, I, I pretty much know what I want. Sometimes I'll browse a little bit. Like, I think for me, shopping, to me, is most fun when I'm on, like, I don't know. I'm always looking at, like, band t-shirts and shit. It's either that or when I'm shopping for food at Kroger because I love to cook. <laughs> those two things, yeah, I'm definitely a shopper because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely one of those guys who are... Most of the time I'm not, but sometimes I'm like, ooh, I wonder what that would be like. What if I could make this? Or I really need a Doom t-shirt. I'm going to look at all the different styles they have. On, but <laughs> you know, that's that's me. Yeah, I do like a deal. I'm compelled by deals. For example, like if I don't check the PlayStation Store in a long time, then sometimes I am like, I will like buy a bunch of things if they're, but it, they got to be really cheap. Yeah. So like that's when I'm going on the thing and they're like selling some games for like two ninety nine and stuff. And I'm like, well, I might as well get it. It's two ninety nine. I mean, you know. Yeah, I did that when I got uh, my Xbox. I got my Xbox One, and the only reason I got it was to buy the older Fallout games because those are my favorite games of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, I can get Fallout Three and New Vegas for like ten bucks a piece with all the DLC. That's a fucking deal. I know what I'm doing for the next six months. You know, (laughs) 
I like that you plan your life out with these like six month blocks. Oh yeah, I did that once. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Shit, those are the only two times I do that. Keeping them on the toes. Listen, let's listen to some more music here. We're going to move forward. Yeah. So after this one, you did a, a, I think it was a cover album. Was it 20XX? Oh yeah, that was um, just a little, uh, a little short EP of Mega Man X music. Setsuo Yamamoto. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so there's some cool ones in there, but we're going to talk about the next album, War Machine. And uh, we're going to listen to a song that I thought was cool. This song is The Killer.
and that was The Killer by Gregorio Franco. And uh, that was from the album War Machine, which was cool. And I'm here with Gregorio right now. So you have an Xbox One? Uh, yeah, I have an Xbox One and a PS4. I'm not, uh, and I've never been like a fanboy, but this particular generation, I don't know what I would do with an Xbox. I went through the list of games. I just thought, like, what would I get if I had an Xbox? And, I mean, I guess you got the Fallout originals. Like, I, I looked at it and I just said, I don't think there's a single thing on Xbox that I would play, really. I kind of go back and forth. Well, I, I play most of the, most of the stuff that I play is you can get them on both systems. Yeah, but I like again. I got the Xbox just for backwards compatibility. So because I can't play those old games on the PS4 and whatever, but I have a PS4, so I can play shit like Horizon Zero Dawn, which was an incredible PS4 exclusive. You know, you know when they go down in price, maybe in like a year or two, I would consider maybe getting like an Xbox X. But most of that would just be for the backwards compatibility because I, I yeah. want the, the rare collection. Oh, yeah, that's another good one. Because I love that and I, I really enjoyed playing, you know, the Perfect Dark HD remake, even though can't tell you about the other game I play all the time because I got new rules on this show. But the. Oh, man. <laughs> I was just about to talk about it, the game that shall not be named. But it was on N64 and it was a shooting game starring James Bond. And the Perfect Dark. <laughs> <laughs> I found the loophole, motherfucker. I just can't, I can't say the word. Nailed it. We'll call it fucking Pierce Brosnan 64. But James Pond. Yeah, James. Well, James Pond was a game, wasn't it? I know. Wasn't he like a little lizard or something? He was a frog, I think. Perfect. Yep. Because the uh, I I would like to have the that rare remake uh, collection. But that's the irony. Like, as if I bought an Xbox X right now, they're like five ninety nine Canadian. Oh, my God. So with tax, that would be like, you know, almost se- like 700 bucks just to buy a fucking $30 game that came out on the original, like, two Xbox yeah, generations ago. <laughs> like <laughs> That's bullshit, man. That's bullshit. I just got the old uh, Gears of War edition Xbox One. It was like, I don't know, it's like 250 last Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I only use it for like three or four things. I use it for the fallouts, maybe another game and Netflix. And that's what I have instead of a DVD player in the bedroom. You know, that that's all I need. No, that makes sense. I would consider if there was something that I just think this generation anyways, like the PlayStation exclusives are just so much more compelling than they can be the ones that are that are on Xbox. And I don't know, like in previous generations, like I. I, like I say, like I'm not a fanboy. Like I understood the appeal. It's like this is the first generation with with a Xbox console that I'm kind of like I don't even get why one person would have this. At least like Xbox X, you could at least argue, hey, it's the most powerful system. So I mean, mm-hmm. there is there is something that it's doing. Like, oh, yeah. but if you're gonna use that power just to play backwards compatibility, like Halo Two from like the first Xbox, then like, <laughs> do yeah, you need that point? power? Yeah, yeah. Like if you like all this power, and then I still you still can't play PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, there's no real clear reason to not to only have one over the other, which is kind of the reason I got both mm-hmm. because they both have really good things about them. It's just good to have the option too, you know. Like I have one in one room and one in the other. Like say if my girl wants to go to bed or something, I'll just come out here and play the other one, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love my video games. Like that's the one thing that I probably have to have like all the time like when i'm not doing music 
I want to play video games. Like, that's my thing. Yeah, I, I, I realized at one point that, you know, video games is my relaxation thing. And now I'm always so busy producing this show because, like, that's pretty much all I do in my free time now is, like, I edit Beyond Synth. And, uh, and also, like, the real Beyond Synth and stuff. And if I do go for several days without playing video games, I sort of feel it. It is kind of my relaxation thing. And there, there are some times where I just have to just decompress and just lay down and play some games. And that's the nice thing about having the Switch, because my son, like, plays the PlayStation all the time. I wish I liked Minecraft, because that's all he wants to play and he always wants me to play with him and I just get so bored of it like it makes me tired. I get that. When I when I first bought Minecraft, I actually bought it for me and I actually liked it like when I was playing survival mode. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like when my son got into it, he liked the modes that I didn't like and he wasn't keen on survival mode and I found the creative mode kind of it just kind of put me to sleep. Like, I want to be the cool dad, but I can't because I don't like that game very much. Like, it just bores me. I'm always like, just play something cool. Like, then I'll play with you. So, I mean, I don't mind playing, like, the Lego games with them and stuff. At least there's stuff to do, but... I actually found something that was close to... It was. It looked kind of like Minecraft. It's got that kind of blocky, cartoony type feel to it. It has building elements to it, I think, but there's more... It's just got more open world things going on with it called Trove. Have you played this game? Drove? Uh, Trove, like Treasure Trove. Trove. No, yeah. I don't know Trove. I, I think right now it's either, I think it's free on the PlayStation Network right now. It might be something different for you guys to play. No, I think I think the North American, we're usually in sync. If it's a sale in the States, it's a sale in Canada. Oh, yeah. It's the same store. I don't know if it's just on sale or if it's just a free game. Trove. But I had fun with it. I didn't play it a whole lot, but it's it's got that kind of art style, you know, that maybe he might be into. Maybe you guys could play something new. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, I showed him the trailer to this game called Dragon Quest Builders, mm. which uh, he looked interested in because it, it, it looked kind of very Minecrafty, but a bit more of like an adventure game, but it still involved moving blocks around and building things in block form. Right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, the actual point was just that I like... Since he's always playing the PlayStation, having the Switch is nice because I can just take it out of the dock and then just lay down and play. Like so, we have uh, choices. See, that's cool. That would be one more reason why I would get a Switch. Yeah, it's cool just to have some of those games on the go. But I don't really game on the go that much. Yeah. But it is. It's nice because it's still a pretty powerful system. So it's cool to have it on the go and like, especially when I was playing Zelda. Like I was just like, wow, it's so cool that like. I'm playing this type of game like in a handheld form and it is, you know, it's awesome. Like, I know, I, I dig that. That is pretty cool. Like, I'd love to go and, you know, play Skyrim in a park or some shit, you know? Yeah, fuck. Are you, yeah, you and I already talked about this when we <laughs> yeah, when we did the live show because now I'm going like, oh, God damn it, I'm going to buy Skyrim again. Yeah, I know. I know I talked a lot of shit on you, Bethesda. I'm sorry, but I love Skyrim. <laughs> it's such a good game. And so yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to rebuy it. I've already done it like three times. I can't. Yeah. I don't know if I can justify it another time. They did have, like, a pretty good deal on for, like, the VR, the PlayStation VR, if you bought, like, the the VR set with Skyrim. It it actually worked out to be a pretty good deal, but I don't... That's so much, though, still. That's, that's like, almost... That's just another system's worth of money, almost, just for the the VR thing. I've never really done VR, so I don't want to take the risk of, like, you know, spending, like, 600 bucks and then taking it home and going, like, oh, I'm one of those people that fucking vr makes vomit like i don't want to spend 600 bucks to find that out dude i I played the last time i played a game in vr was like 1994 
in the fucking mall. You remember, did they ever have like those little uh, virtual reality game stations at the malls up there where you are? I don't know. I, I didn't really live near like cool malls when I was a kid. See, I'm from like a small town. So yeah. by the time I moved to the city, I was, uh, I was a man. <laughs> well, we, uh... <laughs> Uh, well, I grew up like outside of the city, but I moved down here later on. But there was malls around us because it was like the suburbs and shit. They, yeah, they had like these little virtual reality pods you could get into. You pay like twenty bucks at the mall. You know, they made a they made a little space in like a in an open area of the mall. There's like a Hickory Farms over here, and there's like a Sunglass Hut, and then you got like these little pods that you could pay like twenty bucks to sit in for like ten minutes, and you played this little virtual reality game you know they put the helmet on you you have like the controllers and shit it was and that was my first vr experience it was like over 20 years ago did you ever see that movie ghost in the machine Uh, i think so it's like this terrible kind of low budget horror film i think it's got karen allen in it it was like around the time when uh they were doing those it was like around lawnmower man time you know where there's lots of things about like serial killers who die and then go into the become one with like the electronics so they can like kill people maybe it's becoming more familiar I don't know why I just thought of it. Because I think there was like, some terrible VR in that. Oh, probably. It reminds me of uh, what VR must have been 20 years ago. If it's like, was the game just like you're moving a fucking block around or that you're a block? No, it kind of looked like, it kind of looked like Lawnmower Man, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looked like those weird, like, digital computer scenes, you know, where like the 90s version of updated Tron graphics, you know. Yeah. Fucking Not that great, but still cool, you know? Lawnmower, man. <laughs> God, did you ever see the second one? Dude, the second one has one of my favorite scenes of all time, but we'll... Uh, oh, yes. We're going to listen to another track, and then we'll talk about it. All right. So let's move forward here to The Dark Beyond. This was a song I really dug off The Dark Beyond, and I just picture a fight scene. So this song is called Time Rift, and the intro to this... I'm, I'm setting a scene for the listeners... Picture, like, the ninjas getting ready to fight, so they're doing their poses yes. while it's doing the down, 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 and then, like, because this song's wicked. Anyway, that's all I gotta say. So, here, <laughs> so here's, a, here's a track. This is Time Rift by Gregorio Franco.
and that was Time Rift by Gregorio Franco. And that's a cool song. Whenever I hear it, I just think of fighting. Like, if I did a movie where there was, like, some Mortal Kombat-style fighting where two people are, like, doing poses before they start fighting each other. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be like that. Like, it's meant to be, like, a real, like, intense chase fight type of song yeah well it's a cool song man thanks man i fucking i dig it and lawnmower man 2 oh i forgot we were gonna go back for this my favorite scene (laughs) it's like one of my favorite things ever like i'm gonna parody it on the real beyond synth because i love it so much is the scene where the guy comes in and helps the kids there's like a virus on the computer or something and they need the the guy's help i love that scene so much where he just it's literally just like list after list of just gibberish computer stuff that doesn't mean anything where he just leans in he's just like oh yeah you just have to refresh the memory index oh yeah it's just obvious enhance variables enhance execute worm function and like he just says all of this stuff that's just gibberish and then the whole time what's on the screen is like this like sphere like shooting through like some 3d maze it's amazing like it's i love that shit so much we've got a problem I can't get past the memory lock to isolate the chain. Simple. Just enhance the memory index. Actualize data. Five. Execute worm function. Enhance. Redimensionalize variables. Yeah, like the hacker shit, you know, like where they just thought that, you know, you had to virtually surf in the air over computer stuff. And that's what (laughs) hacking was, you know, which would have been more complicated than just using a mouse and clicking around windows. Like, you know, when they're just like kind of in the real world, you just kind of click over to a folder. But their version of the future is like you're in some fucking grid city where you're like flying around and just like, yeah. Hacking is like a fucking video game. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I love I love all that shit though. And like stupid uh they did it in Jurassic Park as well and the little girl. Like that that's the part of the movie I hate is Oh just god, like, yeah. I know this system and it's like what? some weird like three <laughs> D fucking thing she's gotta like navigate through. I'm like, yeah. fuck off. It's like, like you have to be a fucking ace pilot to know how to use a computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> But it got the point across. We, I mean, we can probably fucking wind this down here because we have been talking for like an hour. Oh yeah, sure, you're right. Is there something that we haven't talked about that you uh, that you want to talk about? I don't know. I've been really all this new stuff that I've been writing, man. Like I'm almost finished with another whole album's worth of material. I really want to share a lot of it, but uh, I'm honestly. I've been releasing this on my own for so long that I'm kind of getting to the point where I want to start talking to labels and seeing if anyone is interested. Well, sign Gregorio Franco. <laughs> I love I love doing it on my own, but uh, having support is is always nice. Well, you make cool music, man. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure someone out there will do something. I hope so. Do you really want that though? I feel like it's just better to. Well, it depends. You know, I can do a lot of the stuff on my own, but. Having a label support you is really, it really helps a lot as far as distribution for your music. Yeah. Getting people to hear it, that kind of thing. Because you can do promotion like that on your own, but it does get kind of expensive. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it is good. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out because, you know, obviously I I chat with so many people, at least within the scene, you know, and it's, it's a mixed bag 
of people who hate their labels and people who are happy to be on a label. So it's not like, uh, it's not always a awesome situation. I've heard both sides no, no. of it. Like people are all excited to sign and then like, you know, months later they're complaining because they're like stuck in some contract they don't like or, you know, shit like that. And it's, it, I, I mean, that's that. a pretty, that's a pretty common thing. So I've been on both sides of it too. I've been yeah. on the negative and positive side of being on a label before. And I know what I'm getting into. It's just, uh, I, I think that the distribution thing would really help me a lot. Uh, having more people available to listen to the music that I'm making and possibly in the future going on tours and doing this live in multiple cities. Like, that's what I really want to be doing. Cool. Well, listen, people should go check out your music, Gregorio Franco. And I'll play uh, this track from the upcoming Gregorio Franco album. And uh, we don't know when it's going to come out, but it will, and it'll be cool because uh, you make lots of cool music that I dig, and that's uh, <laughs> that's my awesome sign off. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not good with this whole interpersonal thing. You know, like I, I try to gauge where the pauses are, and I talk mm. and stuff, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense. It's still late morning to me, so I'm you know. <laughs> And I, I quit drinking coffee because I had to, so I'm still kind of fuzzy, you know? No, I understand. I did have a tea today. Was it an English breakfast tea? It was, yeah, some orange pico. Ah, yeah, that's good shit. I'm <laughs> Earl Grey man myself. I don't really know the difference. I don't even know what orange pico is. I don't know either. You know what? I'm going to find out right now. All right. We're going to learn together. I like Earl Grey. That's my favorite tea. Orange pico. <laughs> I just want to find out like what it is in the tea industry tea leaf grading is the process of evaluating products based on the quality and condition of the tea leaves themselves no i clicked on the wrong thing hold on <laughs> sound like the beginning of the law and order no what no this is the right thing when crushed to make bag teas the tea is referred to as broken as in <laughs> broken orange pico din din these lower <laughs> grades include fannings and dust, which are the tiny remnants created in the sorting and crushing process. These are their stories. Ah! The highest grades are referred to as orange pico and the lowest as fannings or dust. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm so much more interested in tea now. <laughs> Fucking stupid. I don't even... I, I, I don't actually think I learned anything just now. I did. Oh, good. Well, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, listen, it was good to talk to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. You too, man. Keep on making cool music, and uh, and we'll end on uh, on a cool track that you just sent me, man, and then uh, that's, how we'll, that's how we'll do it. Fantastic. So, Gregorio Franco is going to have a lovely day, possibly a nap, and in the meantime, <laughs> we... <laughs> are going to listen to a track from the upcoming album. This is The Void Knows Your Name by Gregorio Franco.
And that was Gregorio Franco and an exclusive track. Isn't that fun to hear exclusive tracks? Anyways, I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. And tune in next week for the Beyond Synth season finale Christmas Spectacular. Uh, I don't know what the show is going to be, and I'll figure it out uh, hopefully in the next few days. And I hope I come up with something, (laughs) because... I don't know what it's going to be, but hopefully it'll be good. So I hope you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. I'm Beyond Synth, coming up fast, breaking all the rules with this podcast on Power Radio.